So that Easter morning, heck, you all know the story. So that Easter morning, several women went to the tomb to bring spices to um, embalm the body of Jesus and found the stone was rolled away. And then they looked inside and there was an angel inside. And here's what it says in Mark's gospel, chapter 16. The angel said, now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The angel said, Christ is risen. Go and give this message to his disciples. And, and here's, here's, my, here's my key thought today, including Peter. Jesus made a point of telling, or sorry, the angel made a point of telling these ladies, make sure Peter is included. He wanted his disciples, including Peter, to know that he was alive and wanted to see them. Now, Peter was a guy with a really sketchy track record as a disciple. He had some unbelievable highs and some abysmal lows. There was a time when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he's saying to them, hey, you know, what's, what's the word on the street? What are people saying about me? And they said, well, some people say you're, you're the prophet Elijah, come back to earth. And some people are saying you're John the Baptist, you've come back from the dead. And he said, but who do you, who do you think I am? And, and here's, here's what happened, Matthew 16, 16. Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. High point, real high point, because it says Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon. Son of Jonah, you didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. Peter is flying high. And Jesus went on then in this conversation to tell them he was going to go to Jerusalem. Verse 21, then Jesus made it clear to his disciples it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, submit to the, an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious leaders, be killed, and then on the third day be raised up again. Peter took him in hand, protesting, impossible master. That can never be. But Jesus didn't swerve. Peter get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Incredible highs. My Peter, you're blessed. God himself must have revealed this to you, not teachers. Two minutes later, you're Satan, get out of my way. And maybe the greatest, the greatest example of Peter's highs and lows is when we come to look at the the suffering of Christ. The, the night before Jesus was crucified, he's talking to his disciples. And in John chapter 13 and verse 37, it, we read this. Master said, Peter, I'll lay down my life for you. Really? You'll lay down your life for me? 
The truth is that before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And then over in Matthew's gospel, chapter 26, we've, we've got the follow-up to that. Jesus is being tried by Caiaphas, the high priest, and it tells us this. At this time, Peter was sitting in the courtyard. One servant girl came up to him and said, you were with Jesus. In front of everybody there, he denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. As he moved over toward the gate, someone, someone else said to the people there, this man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it. Something is denial with an oath. I swear I never laid eyes on the man. Shortly after that, some bystanders approached Peter. You've got to be one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he got really nervous and swore, I don't know the man. Just then a rooster crowed. Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. Peter messed up royally. And now the life that he had lived for three and a half years, the Savior he loved, the future he had thought he was going to enjoy, were all destroyed within a space of hours where he saw Jesus die on a cross. But if watching the Savior suffer in that incredible way was not sufficient, he was now wrestling himself with failure, with guilt, with disappointment. Peter had a wretched weekend. And then came the message from the angel in the tomb. Now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Including Peter. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus made that point because actually Peter was an outcast over the weekend as far as his friends were concerned. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I wonder if the point was made because, you know, the ladies would have gone back to the disciples, but in their heads, you know, they, they didn't even look upon Peter as one of them anymore because he was such a huge failure. And Jesus made the point of saying, go tell my disciples and Peter. He wanted to make it clear to them, and he wanted to make it very clear to Peter that wherever, whatever had happened, and whatever Peter had done, he still mattered to Jesus, and Jesus still cared about him. And you know what? The great message of Easter is this, is Easter is God's reminder to every single one of us in this room watching online that Jesus values us, that Jesus cares about us, and it doesn't matter where we've been, and it doesn't matter what we've done, and it doesn't matter where we might have failed, but we are still of great value to Jesus, including Peter, including Peter. Wherever you may be, or not be, in your relationship with God, I want to remind you, Easter is about you, and it was for you too. It's always great to see so many people who visit with us on Easter, and if that's you today, I, I, we really do appreciate you spending some of this very special day with us. 
And I want to remind you, whoever you are, you're included in what Jesus did on Easter. You matter to Jesus. Wherever you may have slipped up, wherever you may have gone astray, whatever you may have done, He died for your sins. He rose again to open heaven for you, and He wants to include you in His family and in His eternal plans. You're included. You're included. However hard Peter's fall was, Jesus wanted him to know that he still knew his name and he was interested in him. <laughs> and I'm glad to know this. In fact, Jesus said this in the Gospels. He knows your name. Don't I struggle with names? <laughs> right? And I never used to. They say you, you do that when you get old, but that can't be the reason. <laughs> and... <laughs> Right? I see somebody walking towards me I've known for years, and I'm, I'm struggling to find their name. It's like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, but Jesus knows every one of us by name. We won't go into the other thing he said about he knows how much hair is on your head because some of us don't bother him much in that direction. <laughs> but, but he knows us and cares about us. Go tell his disciples and Peter, I'm going to Galilee. I want to meet him there. Jesus wanted to see his friends again, and he wanted to see Peter again. Easter is a time to regroup. They went back to Galilee, where it had all begun. Verse 7 there of Mark 16, Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee you'll see him there. Galilee was where it had all begun. That's where most of Jesus' ministry took place. And, and that's where he called, met his disciples. It was, it was there in Galilee. Recent events in Jerusalem had been horrendous. The city was all abuzz, and there was so much going on that he said, you, you know what? He wanted to meet with his disciples just back in the calm of where it all began. Three or four years ago, four years ago now, I had the opportunity to, I was uh, in England doing some work with some leaders of a church, and I took a few days afterwards and went back to my home city. I don't have any family there anymore, but it was the city where I grew up, and so it was full of memories. So I had a really nostalgic kind of day and a half there, just wandering around. And one of the first places I went to was my old church where I'd Spent my teenage years growing up. So there we go. It is a plumber's supply store now. <laughs> but here's the good news. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. About 400 yards away from there, the other side of the river, there's a nightclub. What was a nightclub that actually now houses the church. So that's the good, that's the good side of the story, right? So there, you know, church is still there, but they're not, not in that building. But that was the building. That was the, that was the main door. Impressive, isn't it? That's the main door of that, that church that I would go in and out of um, multiple times every week for years during my teenage years. And in fact, we got another picture of that doorway. There we go. 
Yeah, that, that's standing here today. Now it was over 53 years ago. But, but, but here's the thing. That was such a nostalgic time for me. And I stood on the steps of my church and I just took in for a moment what I was feeling. Just incredible gratitude to God. Wow, a lot's happened that started in this place. And so that place was still special. I visited the new building. I went and had a wander around, had a cup of coffee. They've got a, a commercial coffee shop there. Had a cup of coffee there, chatted to a few people, but that wasn't really my place. That was my place. So many memories came flooding back. Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Galilee. And let's just get together in Galilee and regroup. That was where Peter had first heard Jesus call him to follow him. In Mark 1 and verse 16, Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, and he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said. I'll send you out to fish for people. That's where Peter first heard the call of Jesus. I wonder where you were when you first started to hear the call of Jesus. And then let me follow up with this question. How's it going now? How's it going now? And for some of you, it may be that this Easter is a good time to regroup. Because maybe you've lost sight a little bit of where things once were. The, the English poet William Cowper back in the 1700s wrote, wrote a, a poem that became a hymn called Oh for a Closer Walk with God. And as part of it, he wrote this, where is the blessedness I knew when first I sought the Lord? Where is that soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? The disciples through the traumatic events of that weekend. Peter through his disastrous denial of his Savior had just seemed to be disconnected. And Jesus said to his disciples, I want to meet with you. Let's go back to Galilee. And for some of you today, it might be no accident that you're in church on Easter Sunday. Maybe the fact you're here is not just the invitation of friend or family, but maybe the fact you're here is that through all of that, Jesus was saying, I'd like to meet with you again. I'd like to talk to you again. Now, they'd gone back to Galilee, and initially, hey, you know, they were fishermen. We're, on, we're here. Here's Galilee. Let's go, let's go do some stuff. Let's, let's go fishing. So John 21 tells us, Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. They went out and got in the boat. They caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them. Good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? Don't ask fishermen yet that. 
right? They hate that. Don't ask them, did you catch anything? All right? Because if, if the answer is no, they will absolutely, you know, I dread to think what words might follow it. So just leave it there. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered no. He said, throw, throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. It's like, hey, we've got a smarty pants on the shore. <laughs> We're professional fishermen. We fish all night and caught nothing. He just said the net's on the wrong side of the boat. Right. But they did what he said. And all of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then, the disciple Jesus loved, that was John, said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon Peter realized it was the master, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work, and dove into the sea. Jesus was there. And suddenly Peter realized Jesus was there. And, and so what he does straight away is, 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 is he, he, he puts on some more clothes and, and he dives straight into the sea. And, and, and I've, got this, I've got this picture or image in my mind that he dives in the sea. And you know when you dive in water, it always strikes you cold, right? Even when you've got idiots who told you it's really hot, it's really hot. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It never is. They lie. Right? So, so you, kind of, you dive into the water, and, and initially it, goes, it takes your breath away. And, and here's Peter, dead excited. It's Jesus. He dives in the water. The coldness of the water takes his breath away for a second. And also he suddenly realizes, I don't want to see Jesus. Wait a minute. Initially he's really excited. And, 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 and then just in the cold light of day, suddenly he realizes, I, I can't face Jesus. I know what happened. I know what I did. I know what I said. And I wonder if as he was in the water, he started to wonder. Maybe he was afraid of what Jesus might say, of how he'd be received. What was Jesus going to tell him? What do you want? I got nothing for you. Too late now, Peter. You're a traitor. But the angels had said, go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. Including Peter. Jesus had always been surrounded by crowds. The last few days had been frenetic. But now it was going to be Jesus and Peter face to face for a few minutes together. One on one. That's why he wanted them to come away and come to Galilee. Maybe the Lord wanted you to just come away from everything else this morning. And in the peace of this place, him and you, one on one face to face. And Jesus wanted to chat to you personally because you are included in what Jesus did at Easter. Easter is a time to regroup. 
And then for Peter, the way this story ends is this. Easter became a time to recommit. A time to recommit. I, I, I read this quote, the most precious thing about Jesus is the way he trusts us on our field of defeat. He trusts us on our field of defeat. Peter had crashed and burned. But Jesus was more concerned with comforting him than with punishing him. That's how Jesus is. John chapter 13 and verse 1 says this about Jesus. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. Did you know there's nothing you can ever do to stop God loving you? You didn't know that. Okay, let me tell you. There is nothing you can ever do to stop God loving you. No, there isn't. There, there, there isn't. God will always, having, having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. And God will always love you. You can never exhaust the love of God. God is never going to give up on you. And maybe you are here at Genesis this morning because God wanted to just talk to you. Some of you may have given up on you or you may have given up on God, but God hasn't given up on you. So Jesus talked to Simon. Here they are. The two of them initially there on the shore as the others sailed the boat in. John 21 and verse 6. Here's what Jesus says. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, master, you know that I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. There was only one thing that Jesus wanted to know. Do you love me? Only one thing. Simon said, you know that I love you. Three times, actually, Jesus asked him that question. And, and, and Peter, being Peter, by the third time, was getting a bit annoyed by it. And, and it says the third time, he said, look, you know everything. Why do you keep asking me? You know that I love you. And there's only one thing the Lord wants to know today. Do you love me? It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter that you might have let yourself down, let others down, let him down. The only thing that matters to Jesus is this. Do you love me? It's interesting. Days before... Peter had been asked three times, you're with this man, you know this man. And he said, no. And now Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And Jesus said, yeah, you know I do. And it's almost like Jesus was wiping out the record of those failures from the night before. But that's what he does. Peter was starting all over again with a clean slate. The whole theme of Easter, of course, is new birth that's, and, and, and new life. That's why, that's why eggs came into the picture as symbols of new life. And the message of Easter is a message of hope and of life for all of us. And the the message of Easter includes every single 
one of us. In John 6, 37, Jesus said this, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Go tell his disciples and Peter, and Peter. I want Peter to be there. You know what? When it comes to the family of God, Jesus wants you to be there. Jesus wants you to be a part of that family. Say, me, I've got no interest. Me, I'm this. Me, I'm that. It doesn't matter. He wants you to be his. Easter is a good time to regroup and to recommit. One of the best known stories that Jesus told is in Luke's Gospel chapter 15. Most of us know it as the story of the prodigal son. So a young man who kind of just left home and went out and kind of really messed up and when he had nothing left, the Bible says he came to, came to his senses and said, I need to go home. And I wonder if this Easter Sunday is a good day for some of you to say, I need to go home. I need to reconnect with the Father. I need to Just open my heart afresh to Him. Regroup, recommit, and really go out of here today with a fresh sense of God in your life. Let's pray together, please.